Thank you guys so much. Give the Lord a hand in the worship team. They do a great job. You know, I just want to encourage you guys, be faithful to what God has called you to. If you have kids, you can send them back. If you want to keep them, you can. Um, but I, listen, I, guys, I want to encourage you in this. I want to encourage you in something. The enemy is going to try to work in your life to keep you from what God's called you to by showing you what you don't have that you're hoping for. And if you look at what you don't have that you're hoping for, you're never going to tangibly uh, uh, grab a hold of it by faith. Because see, faith and hope are two different things. You understand that? See, most people think faith is hope and hope is faith. But see, hope is something that you don't possess, but you're trying to grab a hold of. Faith is something that you've already hoped for that now you own. Does that make sense? See, faith is tangible. So the enemy's going to try to show you what you're hoping for, and the fact that you don't have it, he's going to try to steal the faith that God's trying to get you into. I say that to say this is because, you know, for years... I've been pastoring a long time, but we, for years we had no worship team. We, 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 just, we, did, we just did CDs. Like it was, <laughs> we had a guy back there on a Walkman who just pushed play, and that's, that's the technology we had because of the finances we had. Right? But that's what we did for like six years. And you know what was amazing? God always showed up. Amen. He always showed up. But most people would say, well, we just need to quit because we don't have this, and we need to quit because we don't. No, you need to stay doing what you're doing because you don't have something. Because that's what's going to give you hope and future and, and teach you how God works in life. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for years for a worship team. And there was so many times, you know, the devil's like, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen. And uh, man, now I'm so blessed by these guys. They just seek the Lord and they're not a bunch of, it's not a show. You know how I many worship services that I go to and they're good, but it's just, it's a show. And we're not here for anybody but him. The worship's not about you. If it's too loud, get over it. If it's not loud enough, get over it. If you don't like that song, get over it. We're not worshiping you. We're worshiping him. And I, I love their heart. And it's, it's about Jesus. And when you focus on him and you stay faithful, God will reward you. But you know what? So many Christians quit because they don't want, they don't want to put in the time that God requires. See, God's not an American. I don't know if you figured that out yet or not. He doesn't have a drive through window. See, everybody wants the double portion anointing, right? <laughs> you realize it took Elisha 15 years of serving Elijah before he ever got that? Nobody wants to put the 15 years in. They want to come up to some slappy service and get some guy with an anointing to lay hands on them and just transfer it instantly because they're not willing to go six years with CDs. Be faithful with what God's given you. I don't care how small it is. And God will, in time, he will bless you. And then people are like, oh, I want what you have. Are you willing to go through the, the, the 25 years? Are you willing to go through the hardships and the trials and stay faithful? And when, it, when everything inside of you is telling you to quit, but you don't because you can't quit on a king who, can't, who didn't quit on you. So be faithful, amen? So segued, we got a man here who's been faithful for a long time, and I appreciate him. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, gosh, I, one thing I love about Chico and Casey and their family is they don't put up with the religious, spooky, spiritual garbage. They've seen it all. They've been through all the fads and the hypes and all that kind of stuff. And if you've been a Christian since the 80s, you understand what I mean. 
I've seen them come and go. It's just, what's the next one coming down? It's like, it's like fashion. It's like, you know, pretty soon it'll come back around. Oh, we're doing the prophecy thing again. Okay. <laughs> that's popular again. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Oh, word, words of knowledge. That's what we're doing again. Okay, that was okay. I remember when that was cool. Yeah. So this, these, these guys, they just do the gospel. You know, and we look at missionaries like they have some special call. All a missionary is, is they're doing something in another country that you should be doing in your own backyard. That's it. That's it. If you can't walk across the street or talk to somebody at the Walmart line, then you, you have a problem. Because your life's about you. The mind of Christ is simply put like this. To think about other people more than you think about yourself. That's, that's the simplicity and the complexity of the mind of Christ. And if we can't do that, we are the ones that have the problem. And we need to stop Christianizing certain things that are our responsibility. <laughs> you, know, you realize the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. It doesn't say spirit control. That means he's going to come in and slap you in the face and just like make you obey. No, self-control. That means you want to do something that you shouldn't do, and you just tell yourself no. Instead of waiting for some spiritual reality to make you feel like not wanting to do it. No, you're going to feel like you want to do it. That's the whole purpose of self-control. Because if you, didn't feel like you didn't, if you didn't feel like you wanted to do it, you wouldn't have to control yourself not to. <laughs> so the gospel is simple. The Holy Spirit's not a feeling. He's a person who needs to be lived with and understood and worked with every day. And if you think the Holy Spirit's a feeling, you know, that's why I feel like oh, people go to church, well, the Spirit was moving, and I, feel, I felt the Spirit in that church. You should feel the Spirit everywhere you go. And if you can't, that's a problem. If you can only feel Him in corporate reality, then, again, you've got a problem. Something's separating you from Abba. So I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative for these guys just watching their faithfulness over the years. Guys, they, they put their money where their mouth is. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but they do the gospel of Jesus. And uh, they're not going to ask for money, but they do need it. Um, if, you, if you're blessed today, uh, I'm asking you to, to, to seek the Lord. And, and those of you who know me, I don't ever talk about money. But um, if God puts something on your heart, they, they could use it. And um, they're in a place that, that um, it just takes money to do what they do. And they're faithful with it. And I've watched them for years. And I don't put my endorsement on very many people. But I do on these guys. So if you want to make a check out to them, make it out to Freedom Ministries. And then in the memo, just put Brother Chico. If you want to use cash, he's got some envelopes back there. Make sure you put his name on there because if we don't see a, a designation, we're not going to know if it's supposed to go to the church or them. So put, put his name on that and then we'll get him... Uh, uh, some money before the, they leave. For those of you um, who are new here, uh, we do have home groups throughout the week. I only say that because it's a, it's a really important part of our church. And if you want to know more about what we do, Monday night, tomorrow night, we'll be meeting here at 6 o'clock. The cool thing is, is that tomorrow, Chico and Casey will be with us. So they're staying an extra day, and they'll be coming to group with us, and maybe you guys can meet with them a little bit and, and chat with them and maybe do some question and answers and stuff like that. So if you want to get to know them more, you're welcome to come back tomorrow night and hang out with us, um, but uh, other than that, we're good. You got you ready, bro? Or is Casey preaching? She's up front, so <laughs> you're closer to the microphone. <laughs> hey, y'all give him a hand. Elijah back there, he said, 
Uh, he's waiting on you, Daddy. He's waiting on you. I said, no, that dude called me up. He ain't scared to call me up when it's time. <laughs> All right. So let's get it in here. Wow. It's amazing to see. Um, it, I really can't explain it without just going into a lot of hard things, I guess. And um, that, so you just can't do that. Um, but if I could really, really express to you how proud I am of just watching an American pastor, which, like I said, I don't really see him, Brother Chad, like that. I see him as a, a brother, a son of God. That's how I've kind of... That's the lens kind of how I see people, you know. It even says that in the Bible somewhere. It says, like, we're not even supposed to be looking at people anymore from this old mindset. We're a new creature in Christ. I mean, that's the, whole, that's the t- context of that. I know we use it for every type of thing, you know, like, um, you know, like when you're a brand new Christian, it's cool. It's fine. You know, we, we completely cherry pick things out of the Bible to, to, make our, to, to, to survive, basically, right? The, mo- the first, the first um, major tragedy you go through, somehow the Holy Spirit lets you find Romans 8, 31, 32, right? And you anchor yourself, right? And then you get to kind of reading the whole context one day and say, oh, wow, okay. Then you kind of, you know, and then, you know, you're like, we're going to evangelize. You know, you're just like so amped up Romans 10, you know, it's like, oh, man, I didn't, oh, that's kind of. In a Jewish context, the Israel, okay, it worked anyway, though, you know what I'm saying? I just think it's cool how personal God is. Sometimes, as Christians, we take Paul's letters or the New Testament and kind of make it our Christian constitution. Is it applicable a lot of times? Absolutely, yes, 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 yes. But a lot of times he's very, very much invested in a particular relationship inside of God and these people, and he's addressing that. And the gospel is so personal. The, the, our, our, and that's kind of why, and I know you hear me, and please don't hear me wrong. Because you hear me kind of bashing Christianity. That's what you would, I mean, last night, if you, if you heard me online, if you, you came away from the service like, man, that dude's pretty, pretty rough on Christianity. Why? It's because it just doesn't get, it doesn't have the right to hijack Jesus. It just doesn't. So that's why you, you know, you'll, 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 you'll hear me kind of sound pretty rough with, right? And, and I'm really, the re- only reason I'm even talking about Christianity because that's what y'all can relate to. If I was dealing with Hindus or Muslims, I would be talking about that maybe, right? Because anything that is trying to hijack you from being with God, that was the whole purpose, right? He says that, he chose you before the foundations of the world to be with him 
in Jesus. That's pretty clear in Ephesians 1. <clears throat> so that is the big purpose of God. He didn't need you. He's eternal God. He was already existing okay. Whatever Father, Son, Holy Spirit looks like, completely fine existing. But he chose us to be adopted sons and daughters. So that's the big deal, right? Us being with him. So the whole ploy, the whole ploy of the world, when you see that, that word in the scriptures, the world, why is that a big threat? It, it don't really talk about the devil. I mean, yes, Christian authors talk a lot about the devil. But the, de but the, but the, the Bible, the New Testament, doesn't give him much power, although it says don't not give him power in Jude, right? Like, no, no, no. You got to realize this angel was arguing with him. Don't get it twisted. The dude has power. But it's not something we're sitting here focusing on. There's nothing in the scriptures in the New Testament sit to say, oh, just figure out the strategy of this enemy. Figure out what he's doing. Find out where he is. He's not omnipresent. Go cut him up. Go shoot him up. And nothing like that. He don't have that kind of power. So where is the war conversation? Where is the warlike um, rhetoric? Where do we find it? It's your mindset. And your mindset and your heart are kind of simultaneously the same thing. Because when it says guard your heart above all things, it's not talking about high blood pressure. Right? It's not talking about an organ that's pumping blood. So now we got to think about that. Well, what does it mean then? It's the core, it's the center of where you reason, where you have emotions, where you believe. Everything is done from that place first. That's why it's so important above all things, guard your heart. Because we can't afford to be deceived. It's very interesting when you look in uh, Apocalypse, what's Apocalypse? Uh, Revelation. When you look at Revelation, this whole war thing happening. There's a statement said, you know, it's a, it's a, a description of the devil, the ancient serpent, the devil, da, 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 all that, you know. It says he's thrown down to, with his one third of the angels, thrown down to the earth to deceive. Very interesting. Not to make you broke, not to take your health. Now, does those things happen? I don't, yeah, I don't know all how it looks like. But for sure, is there an enemy? Yeah, of course there's an enemy. But why does, why, but why does John come so strong against the world? Because he's got like some heavy, heavy conflict with the world, like to the point where if, no, if you love the world, you don't love God. He, he, he calls you an enemy of God. Now, this is the love apostle, right? And that's another thing I want to address right now. Just to clear up some things. In the epistles of John, God, it says, God is love. It does not say an attribute called love is God. 
right? So the superior being God is love. He's what the definition of love is. Not philosophy, not emotion, not anything humanistic. Whatever you see in God, he is love. So when you're looking at God and you're seeing all of his actions and reactions, his interactions with humanity from Genesis to Revelation and how that looks like, it says he is love. That's the definition. But that just don't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. He's God. Is it something you can trust? Absolutely. Without you, without him, you're not even in the picture right now. So how are we going to make how are we going to make humanism a religion that's so superior right now? That's just it's just crazy. And that really doesn't happen in in world in the third worlds. Uh, is there even a second world? I never hear that talk about. <laughs> there is. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I never hear anybody say second world. Okay. I just hear first world and third world. Okay. But in the third world, they don't have a lot of these problems because they're just trying to survive. A lot of these things that we're dealing with are just first world problems. Are they problems? There's, they're problems. Yes. I'm not going to make light of them. We all are in a valley. We're all looking up a mountain. We're all dealing with what we're dealing with. Yes, we are. So, but I just really want you to understand that. And, I, and I'm going to talk to you today from like an international type of believer too because I, I really want to put you up on some game does that make sense in this setting in the hood they would understand that but I don't know if this makes sense I want to make you aware because so much of your narrative so much of what you think the world that's happening in the world comes from the main media it's just not true they are, and, they're, and they're losing anyway. They're fixing to be done with. In a, in a couple of years, they're done with. All of them, they're done with. Now that everybody started podcasts and everything else, that's done with. They're not going to be able to control the narrative. Now there's going to be a lot more wild stuff happening. So you need to be a voice inside of it. <gasps> no, Chico, we don't. No, no, we, no we're going to stay in our little circle, in our little box, and we're going to make sure we're okay. That's just not the gospel. That's first world Christianity. So you do need to be prophetic, but not the stuff that you see. What he was talking about, he was just trying to, he was going about kind of the faddish things that we call prophetic. You do need to be prophetic. And you do need to be on cutting edge. And the only way you can do that is spending time in a secret place with Jesus, filling his heart, filling his burden, getting his direction, and, and, and being led by the Spirit. That's the only way. That's the only way. That's why there's no format of how you're going to go witness. People ask me all the time because, you know, they'll hear me say generic statements like, well, we got it. We started a church over there. Well, that sounds cool. But what is the nuts and bolts of that? Because that would seem pretty complicated to most people. We're going to go start a church. Well, what does even a church mean to you? Because that's probably a loose term, right? Maybe in your mind, starting a church was, oh, we got to go find a piece of property, a building, a controlled climate. Good uh, sound, lights. We gotta have leadership. We gotta have chairs. We gotta have. There's a lot of things probably that you consider what would be starting a church. That's not starting a church to me. Starting a church to me is going to a place 
sharing the gospel, somehow, some way, God converting them. We start with baptizing them, explain to them what that means. We start walking through, we start meeting them where they're at with the Bible. It's about, it's that simple. Listen to that, that's all you do. What, what, what we should be doing in life is sharing the gospel, letting God through that, whether it's through miracles, through just our, the message. I don't know. He, he does it because unless he converts them, they're not converted. Unless the father reveals the son to them, it's not happening. And maybe there's different stages that I don't get because there were some so-called believers where Philip ran into, right? They didn't have a certain type of a stage of the Holy Ghost. Because when he got there, he was like, bro, yes, we believe in the way. Yes, that John fella, we believe what he said. But we ain't even heard of this thing you're talking about. So I don't know what different, so, so I'm not a judge, right? That, that's the first thing. I'm not a judge. But you go and you meet people where they're at, right? And like I say, a lot of people ask me, well, what do you say when you go to a village and you're witnessing? What do you say? What do you do? I don't know. The first priority for me, here's the plan. Here's, here's my blueprint. And my, my family can attest to this. My first priority is for me personally to be close to Jesus. Fill myself with his word. Be full of his spirit. Be full of the spirit. And be available to people. How he navigates that is on him. But I don't have a one, two, three ABC. If you do, that's okay. I've watched God move mightily with the Roman road. Y'all know what that is? Okay, yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of a, that's a good outline to, to share the gospel. So, I'm not knocking any of that. But just understand, I really want to clear this up. God is love. He's the definition of love. And we're made in his likeness and his image. So what does that mean? So, so it's so beautiful that he chose, he did not need us. He chose to create us so we would be with him. There's a dynamic right there. But, but because we chose death rather than life. The wages of sin are death, right? Okay. He, even knowing that, gave his son the ultimate sacrifice. Can you even fathom that? Can you fathom you killing your child? If you don't have children, can you fathom you killing your mom? Well, Chico, kill is a strong word. It is. You're right. Well, how, how else you want me to say it? Well, he gave him up. He surrendered him. Well, I don't know what you're going to tell me. It was death, brutal. Very brutal death. Carrying the weight of our sin, our shame, our mistake, our mess up. And for what reason? Just so we could get back to the original plan. To be with him. Have you noticed that, okay, let's say... Okay, in our first world, being that there are not everybody that in here, that, I'm not saying everybody in here is rich. If you are, that's awesome. Help us out. No, no, no. 
But nevertheless, in this more comfortable first world setting where we're not as needy, you know, no one's starving to death here. Uh, and I do know, <laughs> yes, I do know, inflation. Whoa, that's a hot topic right now. I got it. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm telling you, you're, you're mad, but, and I'm going to talk to you from an international point of view right now. You're mad, but Canada and the rest of the world has been paying this, these fuel prices for, uh, for lots of years. That's why Americans are the only ones that got big vehicles. Go to any other world. I, have a Ford, I had a Ford Ranger down in Mexico. That is the big truck in Africa. They see you pull up in a half ton, quarter ton, three quarter ton, like, whoa, what kind of industrial business do you have? They've been paying those prices. Okay, anyway, that's a little rant. I'm just trying to make y'all feel better about yourself, right? Okay. Because I know that the whatever narrative that you listen to in the news, they, they're really trying to pit you against the other one, and they're trying to get into your heart and make you really mad. And it just it's not fruitful, okay? Not saying that there's not injustices. I'm not saying there's not crookedness. But there's always been that. Who cares? Okay. So... And when I say that God is love, love is not God, what I'm saying is God is a lot of things. Love is one of them. And one of the main proponents, one of the main things why there's so much lawlessness is because people are made in the likeness and image of God and they truly do want love. They're made for love. They're made to love. And when that doesn't happen... There's this, and then when they're not with God, there's chaos. Now there's this perversion of love. Man, the other day I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in an Indian village in Mexico. Very, very, they're not, they're way not progressive. And this woman walks up to me. Now this is we're just having a normal church service. She has on her church clothes, you know, like for there. Long skirt, you know, the whole thing. Pentecostal, she's, she's dressed Pentecostal, right? Okay. Comes up. This is crazy to me when I think about it. And she says, I, and I just said, I says, what do you want? She said, I want to be born again. It turns out that she's not a girl. Transgender to some degree. I don't, didn't ask too much about surgical stuff but I just I, I said and from that moment on I just started talking to her because she he he told me her he told me his name Scar <laughs> he told me his name and I just started and it was, a, it was a male name I just started talking to him as a son of God and it's just so cool that how is it that How is it that God, Jesus, was the most powerful man, human being ever, and no one was ever scared to approach him? They wouldn't dare come towards Nero or Caesar. He's the most powerful being ever. And the rejects, the, the, the lepers, they approached him. 
And I'm telling you as Christians, they should see us as non-compromised people, but very approachable. There should be so much love flowing out of us, a true love and a standard that they would know that that's where true help comes from. They're not going to judge me. They are going to love me, but they're going to hold a line. Because I'm going to tell you, in the international world right now, Christianity is a joke. They don't know you. They don't know proclaiming Jesus' ministry, but they do know, they do know mainstream media Christianity. And they're watching America. I don't know why America is so publicized in the rest of the world. But when you go to their countries, that's what you see. You see on their TVs, it's our news. It's our movies. When you go into a mall in Africa, India, you see our movies. And so the whole world is watching us. That's why I say you need to be prophetic. Absolutely prophetic. Cutting edge, you, you, need to be, you need to be like the people in Antioch where the people are making fun of you. Look at these little Jesus juniors. They were making fun of them in Antioch, calling them Christians. Jews would have never called them that. That's blasphemy. Because they weren't calling them little Jesus, they were calling them little Christ. They would never say that. This was, you know, this was... Hellenistic, unbelieving Jews or Greeks or Gentiles just making fun of them. But to me, it's a cool thing because they're, they're, they're absolute. Look at these little copies of G, this little, these little Christ, these little Jesus copies. They talk like him. They speak of another kingdom like him. They believe he died and rose from the dead and flew into heaven. And now they're teaching this way. Look, there's even miracles that are happening. That's who the, the world should be making fun of us. But one of the people who are really in need should be looking for us. I'm going to tell you, Islam is gaining so much momentum right now. And it's just because they won't be bullied by the mainstream world. They're hypocritical just like anybody else. All religions are just money-making scheme, people, there's authentic, true, devout people doing their best, trying to do it, but then there's a whole other social, spiritual, economic scheme too, right? All religions, Christian included. But these dudes are gaining ground. Why? Because they see when the World Cup, the biggest sporting event ever is held at Qatar, they don't care what your opinion is. They don't care about what you, you ain't coming in here with your LBGT uh, bracelet because we don't believe like that. We ain't going to fight you, but you ain't coming in here. We ain't going to put you in jail, but you ain't coming in here. And on the world stage, and like I said, it's, like I said, it's, it's very hypocritical in other areas. Don't get me wrong. But the world that is looking for somebody that will stand for something. That's who they're looking to right now. And we have the best, we have way better opportunity than them. We get to stand for something that at the same time not be hateful. We don't have to like hate infidels. 
Our hearts should break. I was listening to me. We were listening to this this ex-Muslim debater guy this morning. And he said when he went to the universities here in America, he was always just waiting to get into it with Christians because he could just really just tear their mentality down because most Christians are not equipped with apologetics and just what they even believe. You know, most, most Christians in America are cultural Christians, right? Just like there's cultural Catholics in Mexico. There's cultural Muslims in the Middle East. There's cultural Hindus in India. It's, it's not like I'm not getting on to us. I'm saying that's just humanity, right? We, we have a culture that believes in something, right? So this guy, he was just like, but he said he, he marveled because all the people, because the, the, the Muslims believe that everybody here is Christian, right? And, they, of course, they blump it in, Catholics, da, da, da. everybody here is Christian, they believe that, right? And, that, and that's another joke, right? And, and so they, and he was like, but I was, I was really amazed that there was two things that came to my mind because no one ever, this is the thing he said, no one ever came and shared the gospel with me. He says, I guess that's just not what Christians do. And he says, two things came to my mind. Either they don't believe it themselves, or they just don't care if I go to hell. He said, they either don't believe it themselves, the gospel, or they don't care if I go to hell. And so you can say, well, that's, that, that's hard, Chico. You're asking us that. I am. But I asked my family that first. I asked my wife, I asked my children, do you, do you even think, do you, do you, does it even come to your mind? Other than me doing ministry, does it ever come to my mind? Maybe we need some true revelation of hell. Maybe that's what we need. Instead of a new boat, maybe we just need a good old revelation of hell. And just how important Jesus really is. He's not a, just a, a good benefit in our lives, but he, he's really necessary, you know. And, and it's interesting, too, right now in America, in your world, you know, that you've gone through the deconstruction. I don't know if that, is that hit here? Or is that kind of just, it's, 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 it's hit here in the country places, too? Okay. So you got the progressive Christianity, you have deconstruction, you have your, your right, I don't know, the, the universalism that's come here, like everything's all good. Jesus is kind of like a, another, just a, yeah, just like, so that's a big one too. Of course, I say all of this stuff comes from an idea of love. That's why they call you hateful. Because you will not, you, you, they want you to be tolerant. Unless you don't agree with them. And then they're intolerant. They preach tolerance, 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 tolerance. But the moment you don't agree with them, they're intolerant. The most intolerant there is. And not only call you just someone who believes different, they call you someone who's full of hate. And we should not be supporting that. Because there are a bunch of idiots standing on corners supporting that in the name of Christianity. I shouldn't have said idiots because them guys probably are doing just what they know to do. I'm sorry. 
But it does make me mad. I remember going to Sturgis a couple years ago. Y'all know what Sturgis is? Yeah, a big bike rally. Really a holy place. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, so. I, and, you know, I didn't take my kids there at nighttime. I took them during the day, you know what I'm saying? So there's almost naked ladies washing motorcycles. And, you know, but they, had, but they hadn't got real wild. You know what I'm saying? I went in the daytime, all right? Just go get something to eat. And walk around, you know, there's bikers out there they, they, that are believers. They just got their, um, what's the, the, the back of their bikes, you know, where you open that stuff up. I don't know what you call that, them compartments. Yeah, they got just tracks sitting there, but they're, you know, they're just, they're bikers, you know. They're not trying to, but then I go, then I get to this corner, and there's this guy just clean cut, suited up. He's standing on the corner on top of a chair. Yelling at me, calling me an adulterer, a fornicator, a devil, an idolater. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know me. And I just wanted to beat him up. <laughs> and like I say, I know in my wisdom, he's probably just taught that. And that's his piety and that's whatever. That's great. I just know that I just personally don't see Jesus acting like that. I don't see Jesus compromising either, though. Because when they bring the lady out who is caught in adultery, I don't know why it was just the woman, not the man. But anyway, that's another, that's another topic. She's caught. She's there legally at that moment. Jesus himself, God himself, whatever your opinion is about it, take it up with him. But he gave the law to Moses, unless you don't believe he did, but I believe he did, according to the Bible, that they kill that. I know that that throws a big monkey wrench in our hearts, in our minds with love. I get it. We're not discussing that right now. You talk to that with Chad later on, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk to him while there was war and that, okay. You, you just talk, that's, that's for a pastor's question, all right? All right, so, but Jesus himself is just righteous to kill her. He, he doesn't have sin in his life. He told those guys, you guys who ain't got sin in your life, throw the rock. He don't. But he's showing us that he didn't do away with the law. He came and he fulfilled it. Just so you know, you couldn't do it without him. And then he shows us a new way. The law of Jesus. When one of the uh, letters, it says the law of Jesus. The law of Christ. So, but, but, but this, is, this is interesting. He says, listen, I don't condemn you, but I'm not in agreement with you. Well, what do you mean? No, that's what he said. He said, go and sin no more. He didn't compromise, but he showed in a crazy amount of love. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm just marvel, you know, because so like the, the, the transgender person, they came to church the other day. He came to church the other day and um, have for sure made a lot of progress as far as the outer, uh, the exterior appearance, right? Um, but maybe not all the way like you would want to see it, you know. But I think it's so cool that our, our young pastor there that's never dealt with anything like this at all. His only example is, what would Jesus do? And he's 
visiting them. He's sharing the Bible. They're bringing people to church. And it's very, very, very obvious that we're not in agreement with certain lifestyles. Because we don't see that's God's way. That's it. But love should be there. So, all right. Casey, fine for me where I just got a message. Eloy, this is a young man, I'm a discipling man. He went to a, another area yesterday asking for prayer. He said he told me just now, he said, uh, he said, uh, I might need some glasses, y'all. Hallelujah, man. Uh, okay, he says, gracias por la oración. So he asked me to pray for him yesterday because he was going out to a whole nother, like it's like going to another county, right? For him, it's a big deal. It's a lot of where a lot of our cartels are, and he's going. His dad used to visit, and his dad's can't, so he said, I'm going. He's been fasting. He's been praying. He says, pray for me. Um, and, and I said, okay, I would pray for him, and I did. He said, and then, so today he sent me a message. He said, gracias por la oración. Thank you for the prayer. Una familia para Cristo más. So a family got born again yesterday. And that, so, so starting a church looks like that. And then now you take care of them. Because like I say, not, they, this guy don't, does not know any philosophy of ministry. He knows that now they're believers. We go take care of them. They get on their feet. Hopefully they become leaders. And we do this to the end. There was a young lady last night that was talking to me. She just completed uh, this evangelistic boot camp I know of. And I know a lot of people that work there. And um, so I kind of know where she's coming from, but she asked me last night, you know, because I'm fixing to share some testimonies with you that's not where I live. Just to kind of give you a broad, a more broad idea of just God wants to use you in all of these different weird, wild circumstances, right? Because where I go, I am very intentional. I set schedules, very hardly no days off. It's very it's discipleship. I live with the people. They live with me. We work together. It's like doing life really, really with the people, discipling people, okay? And I'm not expecting y'all to do that. But I'm just saying that's what we do. That's where our roots are. That's where our home is. That's where we build. Um, but we do. I do other things also. But this uh, young lady, she was asking me, she says, okay, so when the people come to these events, because she knew I'm, I'm going to do an event in March, um, but maybe she thinks it's maybe like a crusade or something. I'm not sure. But all good. Um, but she, she was saying, because she's working with the grid that she has, right? And she's like, okay, so when these people come and they get touched by God, then, like, what, what happens after that? So it was cool. I'm glad she was asking me because it was almost like she was checking me, like, what, what's your follow-up plan? I, I love that. Because most, and I'm not, hear me out, because I, I, I know that I probably sound pretty negative. I'm not against outreach. I do outreach. I do outreach all the time. But I just want people to have the right motive. Because most of the time, outreach is just about you. That's not bad in itself all the time, but it can be. Like, when we just go to do, to do something, I guess that's not bad. But at the end of the day, did you go... With just a hope to be able to get up and share a praise report? Or did you go hoping in God would change someone's heart and you're going to get their phone number and you're going to follow up with them? 
You know what I'm saying? So just kind of, and, and like I say, if you do set out to do something for God, I'm not putting it down. Go do it. Hey, I love you for doing it. I'm not putting it down. So she asked me this because that is something strong on my heart. And she was like, well, you know, kind of like, well, they get touched. They go back where they do. I was like, well, we, if anyone shows any interest, we connect with them and we plan on walking the rest of our life with them. She's like, oh, whoa, wow. Because that's we live there. And that's what we do. And I think that's what Chad, his mentality is here. I don't see the most, most Christian Christianity, the institution, the religion, it kind of has been working like this for lots of years. It's kind of like, okay, the denomination, there's mainstream denominations, right? Nothing bad. It just is what it is, right? There's different flavors inside of our comfortable Christianity, right? That's just is what it is. That's why you can go and hear what you want to hear, be part of the body you want to be part of. It's all good. I get it. Okay. But because these big organizations, and they do amazing work, do not hear me anything negative. But they have these big, and so you're inside of that denomination. You go maybe like to youth camp. God touches you. That start, you know, God, and then you're around other believers from the same denomination. Finally, you feel like God has called you to do ministry as a career. That's not bad, but that is what happens. You feel like, well, no, everybody's deciding what to do in life. I feel like God's called me to be a preacher, and it's kind of like with a career mindset. I get it. Okay, it's fine. It's not bad. Okay. If you're not careful, it can create a hireling mentality in you, though. And then so you go and you're with all your contemporaries. You're, you're seeing who's, who's good at what. You're, you know, you're in this Bible school setting. It, you got the big hitters from the denomination coming in. You're rubbing shoulders and you're getting connections. You're networking. Da, 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 da. Okay, you graduate. Somebody gives you a job as a children's pastor, maybe. Then you work your way up to a youth pastor. I'm not saying nothing bad about this stuff. Then you get to be a senior pastor. But some, most of the time, corporate Christianity is always kind of trying to promote. If you're successful, you'll always be kind of getting a bigger gig. Maybe God's put you on that platform. Maybe you need a voice for a bigger crowd. I don't know. But I don't see Chad like that. I see Chad is trying to be grassroots, pastor, shepherding, not that he can do the work so the kingdom of God can be built here. And I really respect that about him. And I would I, I, I love to get beside him and work in that capacity. And, and I would love for him to share that with the believers I work with because it's the same. It doesn't matter if it's American or, or Hispanic or Mexico. He, we got the same heart. It's a kingdom mindset. And that's what we see in the first century. That's what we see in the book of Acts. We don't see corporate Christianity until, what's the dude? Constantine comes in. And I'm trying to tell you that there is another thing coming. It probably already is here. And it's just the universalism. And that's a very, it's a, that's a way prettier approach to the God thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Everybody come as they are. It's all good. No hate, no hate, no hate, no hate. But Christian, you come, this guy, they, all religions come to the table. That's, that's the kind of rhetoric you hear. All religions come to the table. All religions are welcome at the table. There's one God. 
The only problem is when you make the distinction that Jesus is God, then there's a big divide. And that's kind of what it all comes down to. Jesus is God. This, this Muslim fellow, that's what he said. He, says, she said. he said this student came up to him and said, hey, do you know about Jesus? Yeah, I know a lot about Jesus. I read about him all the time in my Quran. Did miracles, born of a virgin, going to come back. He's the Messiah. But he ain't God. And he said she didn't know how to respond to that. He just like, show me one time when he said he's God. And then there is a way to respond to that. But, but I mean, I'm just saying, he, he, he just threw her. But I'm telling you, that is the whole deal. Jesus is God. Jesus is the big deal. That's why we need to be spending time with him, getting his heart, because he's not confused about today's prophetic edge. He knows what needs to happen in Harrison. He doesn't want you to be scared or fearful. He's, he's going to do this. It's not about you being slick as the other people. It's not about church competition. It's about him using you on an individual basis to build his kingdom that will blow your mind. Casey, what, uh, I'm going to show a couple pictures, but find me uh, where they, 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 they send Barnabas to Antioch. Okay, so right now what I'm fixing to do, God, first of all, please let me be truly humble. Let me not be narcissistic. Let me not be prideful. Let me not be an idiot, another Christian minister that would be trying to esteem himself even in a subconscious way. Please, God. Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me as I talk about these things. My intention is showing you this stuff because I can show I got thousands of pictures and the stuff I show on Facebook is nothing there were just when I'm sitting there bored and I just throw something up and because that's not my ministry I don't have a media ministry right I'm not against that and if I had help doing it I probably would do it because I believe in spreading the gospel in every kind of way I just don't have the time all right there you go she sent me a whatsapp she told me where the verse was okay thank you you could have just told it to me, okay? <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you a variety of weirdness that's not from Mexico where we really build, right? This is just weird other things, right? Okay, so this is in Mexico. This is, uh, we're on a mountain trip up in the mountains. So the guy that you can't see him with the vest on at the end of the table, oh, towards me he is a missionary he's a national missionary up in those mountains and we support that we help that now the white kid looking at me with the red hair he's a marine and he got he's right now in taiwan because because here in a couple months he's going to have to go full-fledged into the marines but he is this kid right here god has touched him about a, a year and a half ago and i've been discipling him and he is taking the gospel to central asia to Dubai, to Taiwan. He speaks Chinese. He, he comes with Mexico with me. Um, 
he just got and and he's up in the Washington D.C. area and he's and he's connected with just a bunch of young people like him that are serving God. And it's just discipling him. And like I say, this is non-traditional discipleship. This is a lot of texting. This is a lot of you know phone conversations. And then I do spend time with him to walk some of this stuff out with him. But it's just kind of weird. The other kid that's right beside him, the in between me and him. His name is Austin. He's from Colorado. Been doing the same thing kind of with him. Now God's fixing to put him, because he, he was fixing to be a fireman. And uh, he comes from an okay, okay family. He was an uh, athlete in college. But God has touched him to, to, to build the kingdom of God. And instead of doing all these career choices, he didn't know what he's going to do. He's going to be a missionary in the high schools as a coach in Boulder, Colorado. I don't know if you know how liberal Boulder, Colorado is, but they need some salt and light. And that's, he's going to, because this kid could go pursue something way beyond that as far as finances. Sharp kid. But he has decided to be a missionary as a coach. And I said, this, this, and the reason why I'm sharing this stuff to you, because these are our normal Americans, right? This is not some whatever, whatever. All right, next picture or video. Whatever. That's, uh, that's when they came into Mexico with me, spent several, several, I mean, I don't know how many, a couple weeks or something. And then after they left Mexico, God just put it in their heart to do so many other things. And it's, it's just really cool. All right, go ahead. So where is this at? This is in New Orleans. This could be in Branson. This could be anywhere. This is me walking out of my hotel, going down, what's that, Bourbon Street or something? Oh, somewhere that stinks. <laughs> New Orleans has gone way downhill. Anyway, and this guy right here is sitting there, and I'm talking, I'm talking to the palm readers. I'm talking to the, I'm talking to everybody, you know. But, and I'm not really witnessing. I'm just walking around, you know. But I, I sit there and I talk to him, man, and this guy, and it's so crazy. Some kids I went to Bible school with, um, it, we just had a lot of things. That were so, we knew the same people. It's just weird. And, uh, and I'm just asking him about his life, and he's trying to do a type of ministry right there with the homeless people, but he's homeless. He is down and out. And I go get a po' boy. Y'all know what that is? Yeah, and yeah, not because... I'm with poor people. I just, yeah, it's a good food. This was expensive po' boy. This was, this was an expensive sandwich, you know what I'm saying? So, and we just sit there and eat together. Okay, that was cool. And I'm just loving on him, talking, not treating him like an object of outreach ministry. Talking to him as a person. His name is Jeff. And I pray with him as I'm leaving. So, okay, I'm going back to the hotel, walking. This, this kid walks up behind me. Hey, 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 what's going on, man? You know, clean cut kid. Don't know what he's doing down there. Hey, man, was you just praying with that guy? Yeah. And he just almost broke down in tears. He's like, dude, I'm a believer. He's like, I travel everywhere on my job. And I feel God telling me to reach out and talk to people, and I never do. And he said, just seeing that what you did right now just encourages me to just do it. And I'm saying that's just, I know that's just sound, that's, that's nothing, but I'm just saying you don't know what God's doing with your life. 
Next. This is in South Africa in a shanty town. So the guy in this brown khaki stuff, that guy's getting born. That guy got born again. He had never, like, he lives in the middle of this Zionist community and all of these different religion systems. A lot of American Christianity has been taken over there, but he never heard the gospel. Never heard the gospel. And he gets born again that day, and that, that young man, Wayne, right there, he's taking down his information because he lives, he lives in a drug rehab, discipling some young guys. And, he, you know, he's, and he's just giving his life to the gospel, young man. And, and no one will ever know him. He sits there and feeds kids and takes care of people, and it's just amazing. And I'm telling you, there's so many people out there that, want, that are doing it, y'all. All right, next. So this young lady right here, this is Dubai, and um, so I'm, I'm there. This is the time. I'm there to minister to, uh, I was there visiting some YWAM. Y'all know what YWAM is? Yeah, some youth with a mission there. Dubai is a very interesting place, a lot of need, um, and some Chinese, a Chinese congregation. We was there at a Chinese congregation. But I was here, and um, it's during Ramadan. Where they fast every day, right? But we're coming to the end of it. So that she works at a little coffee shop. She's a migrant worker from Uganda, working in Dubai. And uh, so, so just like you have all the migrant workers here in America, in Dubai, that's what it is. It's crazy amount of migrant workers that live there amongst the rich, right? Okay. But this day, I go to get a coffee. And I, and, she's, and, I, and, I, and I know that it's Ramadan because we can't get nothing to eat at, until nighttime, you know, and all the restaurants are shut down, whatever. And I was like, your fast is coming to an end. I can tell she's a Muslim. And I said, I said your, your fast is coming to an end, right? She said, yeah, tonight will be the end of it. I was like, and I'm sitting here pouring sugar in my coffee. And, you know, I, and I said, I fast too. She's like, mm, no, I don't think so, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, to them that ain't fasting what I'm doing, you know. Like, I said, yeah, I fast too. She said, what do you mean? I says, well, I fast to know Jesus more. She's like, who is that? I says, the son of Allah. What? And then I start sharing her, the, sharing her the gospel. You can tell she's a devout Muslim because her parents are. And when I started telling her the gospel, you could just see the relief come over my like, like this, there's really, there's really a freedom in God. We don't have to like be scared of him. We don't have to be bullied. We don't have to be controlled, dominated. You, what do you mean? What do you mean about this freedom? You were once this way, and now you were this way. And, of course, she gave her her WhatsApp. Me and Casey have her WhatsApp, and we've been trying to help her out when we can. And, uh, all right, next. And it's, like I said, this is a coffee shop. These are, this is also Dubai. These are uh, Nepalese. You say Nepalese? Yeah, these are people from Nepal. They're from India, but they're Nepalese people. It's kind of a weird one. They're on the border, and um, they're just trying to build the kingdom of God. We, I went into, now this is in Dubai, but the kid with the, the kind of in the middle, I went with him in the mountains in the Himalayans, and they're, and they're doing work out there just like we do in Mexico, building, making disciples just with the everyday grassroots people, and, and God's doing really a lot of things in the Himalayas right now. All right, next. Can you pause it right there? Maybe not. Okay. 
So this is, yeah, I was, yeah, right there. They're good thing. So that was our first church service a couple days ago there in that village. It's a village that we, that's butted up to one of our other churches. But um, the family of this lady just, just, just they, they, they were in desperation. She was out of her mind. You know, and you can debate the whole she was demon-possessed or mentally ill. I'd like to say ask Chad about all that. Um, so she wasn't right, okay? Very disturbed. Medicine, I don't know if it's not available or wasn't working. I don't know. But she's out of her mind. Her, her, her family come and find our pastors to come pray. But because we live in the cartel area, and I know you're going to think this is really weird. I know you say, like, man, what? A, that's stupid. Okay. But our, our pastor's like, no, we'll, we'll go there in the morning because we can't move at night because this is where we live, right, because of the cartel activity. Okay. So they go the next morning, and just think of this. God still heard their cry. You know? I know a lot of times we think, oh, man, that, 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 that ain't true love. That ain't true, you know, whatever. But nah. we have a lot of things in our mind that just is not so. Okay? So don't hate structure all the time, all right? Like when you hear me talk about like when you think I'm talking bad about Christianity, don't get it twisted like you think I'm talking against structure. I think military. I live military in a lots of ways. I'm not free flow go. And you want to come visit me? You'll be like, whoa, Chico, I thought you, you seem more freer than that. Well, no, you're a liability. You're talking about me getting my passport yanked. You're talking about me, someone getting killed. You're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a, and I'm not going to try to explain all that stuff to you, but there's a reason why you move the way you move and take things serious, right? Maybe you can be more lax here, and that's cool. I am. But there it's a different ballgame. So never despise structure. Even the thing that you see in this church body, I don't know how it's run, but don't despise it. If you don't agree with it, let God work on you. And if it's not supposed to be that way, let God fix it. All right? Okay. So, but long story short, this woman gets healed. She's not out of her mind. Faithful believer. And now we have a church there. And that was the first church service. Everybody's happy. She, every time we do church anywhere close within the hour, she gets in the truck. She goes. It's a blessing to see a life change. Hallelujah. All right, next. All right, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, anyway, all right, you can just stop, okay. So this couple right here is from Septilis, Canada. That's correct, Septilis, yeah. So it's way, 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 way up there. You know, when I was sitting there, when I was there with them, this was cool with them. They were, uh, so, so a lot of times, I know like in your mind, and I'm really sharing a lot of this stuff just to kind of debunk or debunk, yeah, some of the, the, the lies that we have in our mind, like, oh, no, in those third world countries where they're more ignorant, ah, that can happen. They, they have a place for faith. We're more intellectual here. Everybody's heard the gospel. There's just not that much opportunity, space for God to move. It's not true. These people live in a highly educated place. They make good money, but there's no gospel. They're just super liberal. 
Or you got witchcraft in the indigenous, like the, they have their own indigenous that kind of would look like Eskimos to us, but they're not. It's in Canada. So, you know what I'm saying? But, but what's the name of the tribe? Ah, oh, I was right on my phone. Anyway, but these people are brand new believers. You know, they look, you know, they're, they're, they, they look American. They're not. They speak, they can't speak hardly any English. They speak uh, French Canadian. Very educated. Well off. But they, now you would think, well, in that first world, there's no one that's going to get on fire like that. There's no one that's going to sacrifice like that. If they got that comfortable life, there's no way. They are, dude. Like, they read the Bible. They get born again. Their congregation is about 40 people. They're going out and sharing the gospel. It's freezing there. They're taking their days off of work to go share the gospel. I know I'm trying to tell you to do that because I know, I know it's a lot of times y'all say, dude, Chico, you can say that all the time. You're a full-time minister. Da, da, da. You get paid to do it. Da, da. You don't even know what. I don't have. There's no churches. That doesn't even matter. I'm just telling you, I know a lot of times you can't hear it from me. And that's why I'm showing you this stuff. And I'm not telling you, you got to do it a certain way. I'm not getting on to you. I'm just trying to show you living right now today, letters of the gospel, recommendations, encouragement that you can do it. And it's happening in the world. I know that you don't think it is, but it is. These guys, so this village is at the end of the road, literally. It gets, the, the road ends, it's a dirt road. We get out on with some brothers, it's a brand new village. We got two people born again in there. So they get out, right? So all of a sudden, like we're driving down this in the mountains, it would be just like if we were driving in these roads up here in Compton. But no houses, you know? Did you just get to a village where everybody lives in one village? Right by the Buffalo River, it looks exactly like it. It looks exactly like the Buffalo River. It looks like you go to Lower Gap, get out, and there's a village right there. Okay. So we go, but you can't cross this river. That's the end of the road. We park the truck. All of a sudden, I look up. The police are behind me. Where'd they come from? We're on a one-way, one-out, you know, one-way in-and-out road. Where'd they, and, I didn't, and all of a sudden, they're there. And they're suspicious, you know. I'm, I'm a white guy. I have a nice truck. They got these Canadians, white-looking people. They don't know they're Canadian. They just think they're all gringos, you know. And uh, then we got these indigenous brothers. We're like, what are y'all doing here? It's like we're, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad because of the way they're acting, right? The captain is just being rude, going through our backpacks, slinging stuff around, just treating us like we're, we didn't killed somebody, you know? And I'm just like, and I, because I live there, I'm like, you, you know, I, I'm kind of mad. You know, I'm not in the spirit, probably. And uh, but this, but what's crazy is this Canadian kid, Sam. He's like, brother Chico. Yeah, he says, ask him about his back. It's like, dude, this is weird right now, dude. Like, this ain't the setting, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't like. I know there's a cultural breakdown in language barrier, bro. But you should read the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, really. Like, you're missing it, bro. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting there like, okay. And I'm saying, senor, you know, I'm, you know, I'm talking to this captain. He's mad. I said, this kid right here just asked me to ask you about your back. 
And when I said that, the dude just looked at me like, what? Almost like he got mad. Too. He's like, what? What are you talking about? I said, is there something wrong with your back? He said, yeah. I says, the Holy Spirit just revealed that to that kid so we can pray for you. And then from there, it just everything got calm, right? And we go to pray for him. We pray for him. They leave, we leave. We go into the village. We walk across the, the hanging bridge. We go into the village to do, we do church service. This is funny. So we get there, and I'm going to tell you the, because the, the, I'm not going to do this before I forget. So uh, that was months ago. A couple of days ago, I'm up in the mountains, and I'm fixing to go into this prison to, to share, the, to, to visit these, some of these brothers in, in prison. And I see him standing out because they had moved him around by this time. Now they moved him into another part of the mountains. And I saw him. I said, hey, dude, what's up? And uh, I says, how's your back? He says, I'm completely healed. And it's just amazing, y'all. Like, it's weird, ain't it? Like, anyway. So, but in this particular place, we go on. You see, you see how we're walking through those little huts, whatever. We go to the church, and it's just so funny. Because some of these young guys that are that are like, working with me, they're like kind of, they don't know they are, but they're kind of like ultra Pentecostal. They don't know that. They don't even know what it is, but that's what they are. And I haven't told them anything else. They see that I dress different, and they don't really judge me, but they're still like, no, we can't dress. You know, like to them, it's like, it's a, it's a cool dynamic. And I don't ever mess with them. It's like, hey, you want to do that? It don't make any logical sense to me right here hiking mountains. You got on clean, polished shoes, but, hey, that's on you, you know. But anyway, so, so it's so funny, though, because they're not too religious that the man that we're visiting takes us to hold the church service in a bodega or a storage. Like a storage, like this is a little village. You see that, right? But one of those block rooms is a storage place for all the town beer. So you got all these cases stacked up on the wall, and that's where we're going to go to church. The local brewery, you know what I'm saying? And it's just hilarious. And, I'm, and, and no one's, like, catching on to this. I'm, I'm laughing so hard inside, you know, because I got these Pentecostal kids with me, you know. And I'm just like, and I said, hey, guys, get over there. I'm going to take a picture of you. And like, you're like, no, no, no. You ain't feel this. <laughs> and I said, no, dude, this is what it looked like. You know, when Jesus came up into the town and there's this extortionist mafia, he's short guy. You know what I'm saying? He says, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay at your house tonight. He didn't say, hey, you go pray a prayer with me. You get baptized. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You'll speak in tongues. Then I'm going to come stay with you. He didn't say that. He was talking to a mafia extortionist that would use the mafia of the Roman soldiers to rob the Jewish people. He said, I'm staying with you. And when he got in that close proximity with Jesus and met Jesus, like the original plan, right, to be with God through Jesus, he repented and says, I won't pray a prayer. I'm changed. I believe in you. I'm a, I believe in you so much, I'm going to give back four times what I've stolen. And, uh, you know, that's cool. It's just cool. Jesus is cool, man. All right, next. Okay, this is in Kyrgyzstan. Probably, this has probably nothing to do with Jesus, kingdom of God. I just, this is a little cultural thing. This is what it looks like. That's how they do bread. They throw their bread on the little mud oven 
can get it, yeah. So that was just a little fun fact. Yeah, that's where we were. So that was me and Elijah just walking the streets of Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia. I'm speaking in Spanish because I showed that to the brothers. Um, just being available to people in Central Asia. All of them are Muslims. They're Russians and Asians mixed, and they're all Muslims. And so in this place, okay, so the reason why I'm there is I was going to talk to a 1,000 young people from all Central, Central Asia. So it's Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, all of the stands right by Afghanistan, Ukraine, da-da-da. So it's a pretty hot spot right now, right? This is the place where they're all trying to leave Ukraine and get into. Muslims. These are all Muslims. And um, I got a lot of cool stories from here. Um, but one, it's cool to me just because I don't know why it's cool. But it is. Probably it's Spain, probably. But so, so I'm sharing the, I'm sh so it's a thousand. So they kind of secretly got all these thousand kids in one area. They, they bust from all over these other nations, right, to come. They give me an hour to speak to them. Um, as we're going to the place, me and Elijah, we're in this nice Uber, this Russian Uber. And um, God lets us share the gospel. This guy was like, what are you here for? And you know, you can't really share the gospel openly there like that. And I was like, well, I was a bad kid. And I met Jesus, and he changed my life, da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, wow. He says, I'm a Muslim. It's like, cool. He says, but I'm not like a Muslim, like, pray five times a day Muslim like my uncle. I said, okay, like, what's the difference? And, and that's what came to me. He's just a cultural Muslim. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, we, yeah, in the Bible, we got a place called the Bible Belt where I live. It's, there's a bunch of cultural Christians. And it's just as dead. And, yeah, and, yeah, we just kind of go through these rituals, and, yeah, it's about the same. I said, but God ain't like that, dude. He said, what do you mean? I said, you, are you a dad? He said, yeah. I said, how are you, you know, you got children? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I said, how, how do you want your children to interact with you? Then I started talking to him about that concept about a father and a son. And he's like, oh, that's, that's real. And this guy, and so this guy, he didn't get born again that day. I don't know if he did it, but he didn't say it. But he, he messaged me the next morning, you know what I'm saying? And just, what I'm saying is when I got out of the car, I didn't compromise at all. It was all Jesus. But he didn't hate me for it. He reached out to me. I didn't go along with him either. But when I'm sitting there talking to these thousand youth, all of a sudden, I'm into it about 10 minutes, dude. All of a sudden, this guy gets on the stage with me, and he whispers in my ear. Hey, he said, the KGB are out there, and they tell you, you can't talk anymore. For sure, do not evangelize anymore. And he said, just tell your story. Five more minutes. I said, all right. So that kind of made me, I think it was, you know, was kind of cool, right? Like, oh, the KGB trying to shut me down, right? But I didn't go to jail. But it wasn't cool because that interpreter for me, she was tripping. She lives there. I don't. I come and go. If I get locked up, man, then something might happen, but I ain't really tripping, right? But I don't have to live there. That interpreter, she's tripping out. I felt really bad. I was like, man, like, she's so scared. She's scared because she's sitting there saying word for word what I'm saying loud, too. And thank God I don't think nothing happened to her because uh, I messaged her the other day on Messenger, but. But what was cool was that, so, so now one thing that kind of hurt my heart is like, man, I really wanted to tell these people something, these kids, da-da-da. 
they got such an opportunity to go and and win and, and win so many souls. All these there's zero point zero zero two percentage of Christians there, right? And these kids are on fire, dude. And uh, but afterwards, this kid came up to me. He was like, "Man, I want to be a missionary in Nepal." And I was just like, "Well, you can do that." But there, but Christianity, I guess, hasn't been there long enough that they even think that that's possible. And I'm saying, well, I said all that to say, dude, there is so much need in the world right now. Whether you're praying, whether whatever you're doing, like just under, just be kingdom minded. There's so many things going on that God wants to do right now. It, it's just amazing. All right, next, and I, I will shut down here a second. So this is South Africa. This is Elijah feeding all these. Children from the shanty towns, and then we, then we share the gospel with them. They come and share the gospel. So uh, you can go to the next one. I just kind of, kind of. That's another thing that we did. Is that all of them? Okay, yeah, you can just shut it down. Let me read this to you, and then we'll. It's twelve twenty-one. We started at ten. That means wow. Sorry, guys, but listen. That means that all the people will be out of the restaurants by then. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now Casey sent me a bunch of other little things that I just I can't share with you because there ain't enough time. But um, yeah, but ask Casey. You know, when y'all see her again, ask her about the woman in the Waffle House in Hammond, Louisiana. Just remember, okay, okay, okay. Acts eleven, real quick, because I, if I don't share a Bible verse, oh dude, I'm gonna get in bad trouble. Eleven twenty-two. Let me see what she said here. Eleven twenty-two. See if it's real. Eleven twenty-two. Now let's start at nineteen. Is that okay? Ooh. I got kind of stuck in this little Acts error from about Acts nine, ten to like fifteen. So I don't know. I just there was for a while, just sitting there. God was just blowing my mind away with a lot of things. And um, so this is what I want to share with you this morning. Acts eleven nineteen says, so then those who were scattered, them were Jews in Jerusalem that were not from the area of Judea, right? The Hellenist. It's a weird word, Hellenist, you know? Okay. But they were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen, who, who, who was responsible kind of for Stephen's death. Paul, right? Saul. Right, with Stephen, and they made their way to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. At this, to, at this point, the gospel had not gone to the Gentiles. We did have the situation with Peter, and that's the whole setup. Peter going to Cornelius's house is going to kind of bring this thing. Like God's like, dude, hey, 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 y'all got some cool Christianity going on in Jerusalem? Yes. But it's time to take it. That was only one part of this, the mission. Right? And there was politics and drama there too. But anyway, that's why they had to... Uh-oh. That's my son calling me. That's cool, man. He don't really never call me. It feels good when, you know, when your kids are not with you and they go off and they finally message you or text you or, or call you. That's my, that's my wife's highlight. I hear her the other day, and they're like just so, she was not in a, that good of a mood, right? And all of a sudden, I hear her just in this, ah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, you got a boyfriend or something? <laughs> you know, I like generally hear her joyous. I'm like, dude, who are you talking to? 
said, my son. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway. Okay, so it says to Phoenician Cyrus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except. Uh, what? That's weird, ain't it? Ain't that weird? That, don't make, that ain't weird to y'all. That's not weird to y'all? That they, these people have believed so much that they're willing to be persecuted. These are not shallow, weak Christians. <clears throat> but apparently they're uninformed. <clears throat> apparently the social setting inside of Christianity still has them bullied. <clears throat> it says they didn't, like these dudes are, sac- these people are watching their children get killed, locked up. Stephen gets murdered. They have watched this. They are still holding on to the faith. They're even sharing the gospel, but they're so socially jacked up, culturally messed up, they're only sharing it with the Jews. Peter, same thing. God has to talk to him three times about some food. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff that's holding us back that just shouldn't be. So that's not that's stupid. That's weird, Chico. I know it is. And I'm telling you right now, we stand before in, in heaven and you got a, a loved one and you got a neighbor that you love so much. And maybe you get to see them calling from hell. You knew this and you didn't tell me. I'm sorry, man. I just didn't have the time. I just, I was numb. I was drunk. Everybody knows the gospel, man. I didn't think it was even something to even think about. That's what churches are for, dude. That's what local pastors are for. Next verse. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks. Because they were like, if we are Jews, we don't live in Judea. The Holy Spirit has come on us. I'm stepping out of this stupid stuff. I know what my brothers, my Judaizer brothers said. How is it? I don't live in Jerusalem. I don't live in Judea. The Holy Spirit came on me. And they started sharing it with others, going out of the box. And they began speaking it to the Greeks also. But that was probably the Grecian Jews preaching the Lord Jesus. All right, next. No, that was, that was the Gentiles. And the hand, listen to this, and the hand of the Lord was with them. That's very key, y'all. The hand of the Lord was with them. That has to happen. But it don't happen unless you let it happen. How can it happen if there's no opportunity for it to happen? 
We want God to do it without us doing anything. And I'm not telling you to do it just to do it. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would energize you and eject you out into it. And it is a miracle. And a large number who believe turned to the Lord. All right, next. The news about them reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. So, so, there, so there's word getting back to the church in Jerusalem. Dude. And it's, it's crazy. Like, man, these Gentiles, these uncircumcised people, according to some, according to these people, are getting touched. I don't know. Barnabas, go check it out. All right. So they sent him off. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them. Listen to this. And he began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. It's very interesting that he didn't give them a set of bylaws. He says, I don't understand this either. Remain as you are. Continue with God. I'm not adding anything to this. Because at that moment, the believers were all Jewish. And they were still holding on to a lot of the law. And there was getting blurred messages. You have to get circumcised too. All right, next. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Next. And then that's when he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. Hey, man, come help me out. I'm just going to tell you, I just read that little piece so you can see that this has always been an issue. And I don't think we should wait for God to push us out of our box. I think we should say, God, here we are. We want to be a part. We want to be a part of that prophetic edge of what your emerging church is doing today. And we want to be part of building the kingdom of God. Because God has blessed you. God has blessed you and blessed you and blessed you and blessed you. But he didn't bless you just to say that you're blessed. He blessed you because that's just who he is. And he wants you to take that blessing to bless others. We should live with open hearts and open hands. And you will see revival in your own heart. You won't have to wait for a collective thing to happen in this generation or this culture. No, a revival happens in you personally. And I know I probably went way over. I'm sorry. I just kind of, like I said, wanted to show you a few things of just like some weird out of things that are happening today. And I'm telling you, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your Walmart stories. I want to hear your coffee shop stories. I want to hear your stories at the, the body shop, 
at your work, at your job. When all of these wild people come and they come and explore this area on their motorcycles and all these people come to camp and fish, man, this is a hot spot to win in some people. This is an absolute hot spot. Nah, it's just traditionalist here, Chico. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what God can do. They haven't seen anyone be mistreated and then you still be like Jesus to them. They've seen church politics. I don't blame the deconstruction generation. I get it. I don't agree with it because I don't think it's the solution, but I get it. That's what I'm saying. We have such a great opportunity. And the only way we can do that is like, so you can't fake this thing. It's like you got to spend time with Jesus. The only way you can be like Jesus is be with him. There's no like, there's no cheat sheet to that one. No loophole. There's not. Because good ain't enough. God is the only thing that's enough. Right? I love you. And it's a, it's a really privilege and honor to get here and, and walk with you in just these this couple hours. And really, really, really excited to see what God's going to do. And there's no headliners in this. In the kingdom of God, we're all so special because we're children of his. And that's why over and over and over again, it, it re- it's just said over and over again that he is not an acepción de personas. He does not, you know, where it says respect your person. I didn't know it in English. Sorry. It says he gives hum, he gives grace to the humble. Right? He resists himself the proud. We can't be that. All right. So I love you, and uh, I don't know what we're fixing to do right now, but. Uh, I get over to Chad and like I say, sorry, if I took way too long. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So thank you guys for coming. And uh, if the Lord has put anything on your heart to to bless him and his family and the work that they do, um, you know, you can you can give back there. Also, just as a side note, he does allow people to come down and visit, right? So if you're interested in that, you're like, hey, I want to come down there and be with you guys for a week or two or whatever. Uh, just make sure you get his information and um, and before you leave so he can work that out with you. So it's not like you don't have the opportunity to, to go. If you want to go down there and see what they do, um, he, he does host people. So, again, there, there are rules, though, you know, and everything where you can't use your Americanism down there. you got to kind of go with the flow. The Lord, I ask that you bless your people today. Father, thank you for your, your heart that you've, you've ministered witness to these people uh, to encourage them. I pray that the roots in the seed go deep. And that, Lord, you're glorified from every word spoken and every touch that you have uh, uh, ministered to your hearts, the people today. Bring them back, if it's your will, that we would fellowship and do life together and learn from one another. And those who are going to other places and other bodies, Father, take this, this seed of the kingdom and let them plant it deeply where, where you've placed them. We honor you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.